Attention lovers of mysteries. I certainly count myself as one. In recent years, I've become flat-out addicted to British and Scottish mystery novels, movies, and TV shows. And the natural extension of those is a game that allows me to experience the mystery instead of just reading it or watching it. Don your own detective hat in June's Journey, a free, hidden-object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. It's set in the glitz and glamour of the Roaring Twenties, and you play as June, deciphering clues and uncovering secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. New chapters are added to the game each week, and you can personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. Download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm not sure how many of you watched or remember the TV show The Magnificent Seven. It was only on for two seasons in the late 90s. But this is where I remember first seeing A. Martinez. He was in one episode in the second season, but he had a memorable part. I'm sure many more of you recognize him as Jacob Nighthorse from the hit show Longmire. I thought he was fantastic in that role, and we dive into several aspects of his character in the upcoming interview, as well as going back to talk a little bit about The Magnificent Seven. It was a guilty pleasure. I had to do it. I hope you like it. He was a great sport when I met him at the Western Writers of America convention, and if you're watching Queen of the South right now on USA, then you're seeing him in his current role. Here's Emmy Award-winning actor A. Martinez. First, A. Martinez, Mr. Jacob Nighthorse himself, thank you very much for coming to the show. Appreciate you doing the interview. Oh, my pleasure. I'm really glad to be here. So like I kind of said before we turned on the microphones, I wanted to go back in time a little bit and talk about something fun because as I started this, uh, this podcast several months ago, I pulled out some of the DVDs of Westerns that I loved and just started re-watching them to kind of have fun and get into the, into the mindset and the world. And one of those was the Magnificent Seven TV show oh. that I have on DVD. I'm probably one of, I like, there's probably six of us that have the DVDs. Boom. And I saw you in one of the episodes in season two and I'd forgotten that you were in that. And yeah. I started, when I brought him out again and rewatched him for, I don't know how many years it's been, I saw all kinds of people that I'd forgotten were in that show. Oh yeah. So I just, I just wanted to throw it out there just for the fun of it. Were there any, what are some nuggets you might've remembered about that one episode in that series and, and getting that thing going? Because I liked it. It's a oh, yeah. I loved it. I loved it. So many great actors in that show. Oh, right? for sure. Ron Perlman was there, Michael, Michael uh, Bean was Yeah, in Michael there. Bean was there. Uh, I think it was uh, cast by, um, uh, I want to say, uh, who's that guy who's in, in Mr. Robot? The, uh, Christian Slater, I think his mom cast it. Oh, and, really? Yeah, you know, so 
she's like kind of a mystical figure to a lot of actors okay. you know, because I mean you know she's a great casting director and she has a son who's a huge um, sure. actor and and whenever you get a chance to to uh, be involved with something that she does you you jump at it and, and you know I just loved it and then, of course the character's name was Martinez it was Rafael Martinez right so, so I was really stoked with it and they uh, I remember they suggested that to kind of spice him up a little bit it'd be cool if he had a soul patch right Right. So, we, and I didn't, you know, and it was like on the day, so I thought, well, I'm not going to be growing a soul patch today, so I guess we're going to put one on. And that was the first time I think I ever actually wore uh, facial hair in a performance. And, you know, that since then, it, it's sort of become like a, a go-to thing for me and a lot of people, actually. But sure, I loved yeah. it. I loved it. There were such great actors, such great uh, esprit de corps, and and uh, a guy that, w that uh, was a teacher on the, uh, the big uh, fencing scene, the sword scene, right. that was a climactic guy, was a guy that I'd done a play with years and years ago, um, uh, Anthony DeLongas, and, and he was just getting started, just getting his bones in that game, and we worked together, and it was really nice to reconnect with him all the years down the road and see that sure. he, his career had really bloomed. So you guys were going to play together, and then he was like almost a fencing stunt coordinator right. type position on that on that show. Right, and very he's versatile become, guy. It sounds very like. versatile guy, and he's become uh, you know he's become one of the go-to guys in LA for that kind of thing. So Perfect. Well, great. thank you for indulging that little that oh, yeah. little random tidbit there that obviously has nothing to do with Longmire, but I just it just happened to see it, and after I watched that series, I kind of just rolled right back into watching the whole series of Longmire on Netflix. Thankfully, it was picked up after after the little fiasco with A and E, and it's right. still alive on on Netflix for all of us to keep enjoying. So that's fantastic. Yeah. So I, to dive into your character of J Jacob Nighthorse a little bit, I think the chief thing I, I really liked about both his character and your performance in his character was the complexity of the character. Mm, yeah. I loved the fact that there was the kind of dark side and the light side, but the light side, you didn't play it as if it was almost a schizophrenic character. Like mm. he had, even when he was doing things that were obviously good things, you still played it with this kind of this stoic, resolute sense of Jacob Nighthorse. So it didn't look like there were these two polar opposite figures inhabiting the same character. So first I wanted to compliment you on that because I thought you. it was incredible. I oh, appreciate it. And that. then how did, how did you develop that? Did it, did it start with some things that were on the page? Was the complexity of the character there right from the beginning? Or did you kind of learn it as it went along and you infused it with things that, that you found as you kept playing that character over and over? Well, a couple of things. The first thing is uh, literally when I read the audition scene, I was so impressed with the uh, the rhythm mm -hmm. of the writing. Uh, there's a, there's um, a sense of poetry in the way that um, the writers approached him. Uh, I mean, he's uh, conscious of alliteration. You know, mm -hmm. he, he uses words uh, poetically, and and the rhythm uh, sort of led you into thinking, okay, this is someone who likes the sound of his own voice. Sure. So it sort of starts to speak to a level of, I don't want to call him a narcissist necessarily, but he's certainly someone who has a high opinion of his presence in the world. You know, right. he feels very confident in that regard. So I love that about it. And, uh, you know, the, the, the way he came, he was really introduced in uh, episode two in a scene that got cut. That was the audition scene. Oh. Where he played pool with Walt and the Red Pony and, uh, and ran the table. And, and huh. Walt said, what do you want? What do you really want at the end of it? And he said, uh, Wyoming. So I thought, okay, well, this is beautiful. That scene got me the job. Loved it. 
but they ended up cutting it, and I could sort of tell that the scene was likely to go away because the episode was coming in long, and the scene was three minutes. It didn't refer to the plot. I'm thinking, this is a scene that could die, and sure enough, it died. So my introduction became the fifth episode, the dog soldier episode, where we actually see Jacob intervening on behalf of these children who are being sucked into the foster care system at a rate that reflects the fact that more money is made by, for these kids at risk and on the reservations sure. than Anglo kids. So uh, you kind of go, oh, well, he's got a, he's got a hair up his ass about this. I mean, he's, this matters to him. And it, it ended, that episode ended so brilliantly with a combination of Walt confronting the villain, the villainess and saying, yeah, it's true that I can't prove in court, your word is going to stand up better than these Indians, but when the dog soldier comes for you, uh, I'll be a 20-minute car ride away, and I'll get here as soon as I can. And he slowed down, Rob Taylor started slowing down, and, you, and he was referring to his own kind of walkabout moments. And you saw this arrogant, nasty woman give in to her fear. It was just so brilliant. And then they, they're playing that song, Sail, with the right. massive right. rhythmic smashing yeah. drum. And then they go up in the sky and come back down to Jacob smashing the stake in the ground and observing the protocols of the dog soldiers, the, the, the ritualized honoring of these Cheyenne warriors who staked themselves to the ground in the rear guard mm -hmm. at the end of a battle to like give the, the clan a chance to get away while they fought to the death, literally stick to the ground. Right. So, okay, what's that about is the question. And, and, and instantly you start thinking about what those people meant in the history of the grand drama of genocide against the, the indigenous. And history, in my estimation, has been profoundly kind to the dog soldiers. These guys said, to the elders in their own, among their own people, these treaties are useless. These treaties are worth nothing. They will never be observed. And the elders um, persisted in pursuing the treaties. The animosity between those two factions got so bad that the dog soldiers, the dog soldier clan was cut, uh, cut out of the tribe and sent away, was literally banished. Um, as a result of which, when the cholera came, they survived right. because they weren't around. But, but history has been very kind to them. I mean, their their observations were particularly true. So, right. so I thought, okay, so Jacob, he's observing that, you know, uh, in the present in the present tense. So, what does that say about him? It says that he's a soldier uh, fighting a war that was joined before he existed. So. To me, a person who's willing to um, observe, to honor um, men like that uh, is immediately, in my value system, worthy of respect. So I found a tremendous amount of respect for him, all his rudeness aside, right. you know, his arrogance, his sense of his own strength, all of that stuff. I mean, I just think that you know he's a soldier, and uh, and I just respected him profoundly from the get-go. Fantastic. Yeah. So can you take can you also take the listeners behind the scenes a little bit as far as playing a character like that over several seasons 
and how do you see the character evolve? How, like, how, what's it like to be that person and then watch yourself as your character change and grow over seasons? And then how do you as an actor deal with that? How, like, what's the process of working through that character after six years, I believe, or six yeah, seasons of yeah, it? Yeah. Um, like, how, how does that work? I, you know, for those of us who never, I'm, I have terrible stage, right? I'm never gonna be an actor. How does, how does that work? I put myself yeah. on camera a little bit, but trust me, it's not my default position. Yeah. Um, so how does that work? Well, uh, it, there's a, a, there was a tremendous sense of uh, nourishment going in both directions. The first thing that happened was that the show was a hit. Boom. Right. Out of the box, right? And in my career, uh, usually what, what you're talking about with a new series is there's a certain number you need to hit to, to, like, to, have, to have gained traction. And in my history, usually the things I'm involved with have a sort of like landed a little below that number and then the struggle is joined will we survive right and I think due to the fact that Katie Sackoff and Lou Diamond Phillips had such um, robust followings and the fact that social media had already like gotten right. a toehold you know they brought people with them and suddenly the number that we needed to hit was doubled basically and you go oh this is actually people like this yeah right um, so that was the first thing. Wow, this has landed. That was like an incredibly um, giddy, energizing idea. And then, because of that episode of The Dog Soldier, Greer Shepard, who was running the show, called me at home, actually, and said, okay, just so you know, uh, it was likely your character wasn't going to go too much beyond the mm -hmm. first season, if at all, because we you know, thought he was going to be holding the dark bag and be just be disposable and needing to, right. need, need to be punished. But something happened in this Dog Soldier episode and we're seriously considering having him not go away. And I, I leapt off the phone. I jumped <laughs> off the phone as quick as I could because I didn't want her to know how desperately important that was to me. <laughs> I wanted to keep a little of my you know, sure. dignity in my professional life. Yeah, you're gonna play it cool distance. in these yeah, situations. Yeah, yeah well, you know, whatever you think. But I mean, that, so okay, that could happen. And then uh, the show found its, its legs, the show got better, um, and the audience uh, starts to talk, mm -hmm. and you actually, um, start to understand that your, your, uh, your presence in the industry, in, in my case, is undergoing a, a change that's important. Um, and people started saying repeatedly nice things to me and my confidence grew. I saw, that, I saw that across the board with everyone in the cast. Wow. Everyone, and I saw it among the writers, uh, everyone's confidence grew, as you would expect, sure. when people approve and yeah. are very vocal about it. Yeah, they definitely were not shy. So all in, and so suddenly, you know, you think, well, wow, okay, I guess I, guess I am doing okay. <laughs> and you do, and it, it makes you a little bit braver, and it starts to cascade, sure. and everyone basically, I, I was feeling so much the strength of, of feeding off of the approval we were getting, uh, and of course, the, the company was vetted. It, it's a repu it's Greer. I've been hearing about Greer Shepard assembling groups of people to do shows that are so sorted out emotionally. Mm -hmm. And you think that's an odd thing to hear about someone in LA uh, years before I ever got a job with her. Uh -huh. And sure enough, you look at the Longmire group down to the people serving 
you know, food on the set. Right. People were sorted out. Robert Taylor is um, as non-diva a star of a show as you could dream of. Right? You, certainly, you certainly get that feeling when you watch You get it. the feeling. So, yeah. so there's just this group of people that are, that are totally devoted to each other's backs. And mm. it's, there's no sense of anybody trying to like spoil it or like pull, pull my light out of your light. Sure. You know? It just, it was a, a perfect uh, storm of good aspects that uh, allowed everyone to flourish on a level that, you know, I think for most of us, it was the best work of our careers. Let's say so that, that atmosphere clearly allowed you to take more chances or go or find, you know, continue with that character and push it a little further as you obviously then became the primary rival for Walt right. Longmire. You two guys butted heads in just about every scene right, right, that right. was in there. So well, just, just to ask it plainly, what was the best part about playing Jacob? And, and maybe as a, as a kind of a part B, how fun were those rivalry scenes when you would get to go up against Walt, and particularly when you were right. He, he certainly falsely accuses you several times, yeah. so you got yeah. to come out on the winning end of that and kind of shove it back in his face a little bit. Yeah, I want to give Lou Diamond Phillips some props. Uh, on so many levels, he helped me. I showed up in town in that first scene where I had to run the table on Walt, you know, I'm thinking, boy, I need to brush up on my billiards, you know. And, <laughs> and uh, he goes, hey, man, I know the pool hall come with me. And he took me into town to this place, and we played pool all night. And he fended off the adoring fans and stuff. <laughs> and, you know, helped me kind of, you know, get my thing. He said, this is the cool gym to go to. Uh -huh. This is the restaurant you need to hit. You know, he, he, he showed me the ropes. He'd only been there like, uh, I guess he'd just been there for the pilot. But, he, but basically, he, like, got me set up. Uh, and then Craig asked him to read the introduction to one of his books about probably three or four years ago in town. And Craig was on a tour for his book, and mm -hmm. Lou had agreed to read the, the, the introduction of the book. And, and I was doing a scene with Lou in Jacob's house that, that day. And he said, why don't you come to the book signing? And, uh, you, know, you know, we'll sign books afterwards and meet the fans and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I said, okay, well, will that be cool? He goes, yeah, you should do it for sure. So, so I, sh I have to work a scene after Lou does. So by the time I get off work, I drive into town. And he's on the stage, you know, holding forth with great elegance. Right. And he works me into the narrative within 10 seconds of me hitting the room. He's like said, and the actor who plays Jacob Nighthorse just walked in the back of the room and he goes back. And people all turn and look and oh, they're so happy to see me. Great afternoon, meeting the fans, signing the books, just feeling like sort of part of the inner circle. And then he says to Craig, so we should take A out to dinner tonight, right? So yeah, let's, so Craig takes me out to this really cool restaurant. And suddenly I'm thinking, oh, I hear that Rob just got called and, and uh, Cassidy and Adam. And so they may be coming too, because it's right now it's just Lou and me and, uh, uh, and Craig and Judy. And so, so all of a sudden uh, Rob shows up and I'm, I had imagined Rob is probably going to sit at the head of this table. So I'm going to sit next to, next to that seat. So if I get a chance now, I can actually talk to Rob right. on the set. There's so rarely time. Sure. So he comes in, orders a beer. I order the same beer as him. Uh, when he gets another one, I get another one. I'm trying to keep up. <laughs> and, uh, and, and we got to sit there for two hours and talk about what we're going through and our history as actors and literally break onto a new level of friendship between us. And suddenly on camera, between Jacob and Walt, there's the possibility of them. Just a little bit of a smile going on. Sure. It's like, I know you know I know, but I know you know I know. It's just this wonderful thing that opened up 
between us because just having the time to actually let our hair down together off screen, which Lou Diamond Phillips uh, facilitated. Fantastic. You know, and so and then since then we've become really, really good friends. And as Great. the friendship has grown, the work grew. And but I'll just say at the beginning, in the in the Dog Soldier episode, episode five, I'm in his office, Jacobson Walt's office, haranguing him. If these were white kids, you'd be moving heaven and earth. Mm -hmm. but, but these these Indians, you know, the, 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 your government is like punishing us, profiting off of our misery. At the beginning, and Jacob is typically rude, and, and Walt is like, you know, keeping it ar at ar arm's length. And then suddenly there's a moment where, you, where Walt decides to actually entertain the possibility that Night Horse is telling the truth. Right. And something literally changed in his eyes. I mean, I'm 18 inches from the guy's mm -hmm. face. And I saw, like, a different, like, texture come into his eyes. Literally, you know, like a different level of moisture in his eyes. <laughs> and I'm thinking, oh, that's how good this guy is. That's how good he is. And it's interesting how, how an off-screen friendship can help color the scenes, even when you're primarily rivals. Yes. I think, I think that's a really interesting concept. It, yeah, it was wonderful. And, and, and I think uh, we both came to agree that at some point in time, they would have to recognize, mm -hmm. even though they never said it, they would have to recognize the similarities in their basic right. approach to things. Yeah, in, in, in their core, they really have more in common than they have differences absolutely basically they obviously go about things in a different way but there is a core there that's very similar to those yeah. two guys and you know and I, I loved I took such uh, pleasure in having the fans you know go from going saying oh what a you know I hate your character what a <laughs> what a nasty what a great bad guy you are and stuff and I uh, well yeah and I would direct a lot of people you know spend spend 10 minutes go to Wikipedia put punch in dog soldiers right just just spend 10 minutes and, you know, you could sort of see people go, oh, okay, well, yeah, okay. <laughs> you know? and, and, and the thing was that when they would start to say, yeah, but he just cheats, he lies, he does, he breaks through, I say, okay, let's look let, at Walt, like, breaking into his girlfriend's office, who's a doctor, and stealing the medical records out of her filing yeah. cabinet and <laughs> faking his own, like, unconsciousness. So that, you know, I mean, how, how many doors did he knock down without having a warrant? Stuff? I mean, don't, don't tell me that <laughs> they aren't both doing whatever they can to get to what they perceive to be the worthy goal. Yeah, and that's kind of where we was going with the complexity of it earlier, that he, that Jacob might not necessarily take what people might consider to be the right path or the good yeah. path, for lack of a better description, but his intentions are generally good. He, yes. I, I sincerely believe that he sincerely wants to help his people. Yes. So he might go about it in ways that people don't necessarily like, but if you look close enough, you can see the underlying credibility within Jacob and the good intentions in there. Yes. I thought that was, the, that was the good part of the complexity, that you could show both sides of that in the same person mm. without making one side super obvious, you know, yeah. like signaling big flashing lights on it when you're yes. doing something good. I yeah. think it's, it's great that you can put both those together. And to give them credit, because I, at the end of the day, uh, it's about the writing. And uh, I, I literally started to become, it was very clear to me, okay, this episode we've inflected him in a way that makes you think, okay, he's, he's actually someone of a good heart. He's, his motives are pure. And literally, the very next time we'd see him, the inflection would be reverted, and you'd see them go, oh, look at what an asshole he's being, you know. Mm -hmm. He's like, you know, look, how could he talk? Right. And, you know, and, and look at this thing behind the scenes. This looks like he's the guy pulling this string. Yeah. He's probably what I originally thought he was. And then the next week, they would 
inflicted back into, yeah, but look, he, he seems like he really... <laughs> yes, yeah, there's definitely a possibility where he doesn't know what's going on back right. there. That, he, yeah. he could be innocent. Yeah, exactly. It, they were brilliant. It just, yeah. uh, I mean, they literally, it was like an oscillation. Yeah, was that's great. That keeps, keeps fans enticed. It keeps them watching, for, for sure. So I'll just, we'll wrap up with two more quick ones. Um, so what you, you've kind of touched on this as we've been talking, but how have you seen, or what was it like from the inside to watch the popularity of the show grow, even though it started at a very high point? to watch it grow and to see how it resonated for, with fans. What's that like for an actor who's in it and living and breathing it every day on the set, putting those hours into production then to see the reaction? Well, it's, it's wonderful. And, and I mean, there really is a sense of community around the show that's, that's got teeth. I mean, it's, yeah. it's got texture. I have friends now in my life because of the show that I otherwise would never have met. Mm -hmm. A lot of them I met online, but because uh, Longmire Days allows people yeah. to gather in the flesh, I mean, literally friends, you yeah. know, friends that matter to me. So that's been incredible. And, and of course, the people can rightfully take credit for having saved the show. Right. You know, the, the, it, it's one of those magical stories where the audience was so uh, ardent that their wishes uh, generated uh, like a profound kind of sense of mission on behalf of the producers to go pitch it and Netflix was aware because Netflix was showing the reruns from A&E right so Netflix knew what was going on and you know stepped up yeah and then that opened it up to become much more like a cinematic and yeah. you know and then they went they wanted to take it out to the reserve so that was a magical part of it and I think um, you know it's just one of the elements uh, like this in our culture but uh, I went out to Standing Rock Mm -hmm. And the show me means so much to so many indigenous people. It's not just the only thing that does in, in modern entertainment, but mm -hmm. it, it has an honored place among indigenous people because of the way that you have like these, there's not just, the, the, there's the Indian, there's like four or five characters who are distinctly uh, operating in lives that are that seem grounded in reality and they each have distinct goals and are doing going about going about their jobs in decent in different ways mm -hmm. and reflecting on the humanity of, of like a multitude of indigenous characters those are just the ones that, that, that appear regularly and all then have all these guest actors coming in and telling oh, right. these stories so I mean it meant so much to so many people that um, have been so long underrepresented in the storytelling in the country uh, and that uh, there's not much in my life that has meant more to me than that that sounds like an incredible experience yeah for sure Craig mentioned very briefly that when he's gone up to the reservation uh, the Northern Cheyenne Reservation there, there are now people who claim they are the basis for characters in the books <laughs> so popular that there are obviously friends of his up there who he's worked in little character traits into characters in the books but now, sure. now it's populated the rest of, of the population up there where there are some people who say oh yeah I'm the basis for that character and they're really not but yeah, it's now it's, but you can trade on fun, that yeah it's a fun yeah. thing to, yeah it's yeah, great so I think that, that's a great level of popularity there so the last thing I want to wrap up with is what do you have coming up next? Where can the fans, the legions of fans that are out there of Longmire find you in, in your next I'm uh, uh, I'm doing an arc on Queen of the South. In fact, the season three debuted last night, uh, the 21st of June. Um, and I'm, uh, I'm in episode four, and then I'm in a couple more before the season's over. And it's a really, uh, it's a really different experience. I'm playing, I don't want to give too much away, but I'm playing, uh, I mean, if we want to like 
find a, a bad guy. Okay. This is a bad guy. <laughs> and, and he's such a bad guy that I only could agree to, to play him if I could um, be assured that he would be, he would get his just desserts. Okay. And he does. But that's a, a wonderful show. Uh, Alice uh, Braga, the, uh, the great actor who's the lead of that is a extraordinary talent and that's a real special show Queen of the South it's on USA I was gonna say yeah to USA okay yeah, USA. perfect yeah and the first two seasons are streaming on all the usual platforms right yeah that's that's I mean that's one of the great inventions of, of television nowadays that if you happen to miss it on actual on TV you don't have a DVR or something like that pretty soon they're gonna land on one of those streaming platforms it's truly eat it up I mean it's quick. it's so magical I mean I I, I was I'm Zom McLarnon, who plays Matthias and Longmire, and was Hansi Dent in Fargo yes, and Fargo on The Sun. Incredible. Yeah. And he's been in season two of Westworld. Right, and, right. And, and, and I, I'm two episodes away from encountering his episode eight, which has been reviewed by the New York Times as like possibly, well, certainly the best episode of that show ever. Really? When you think about that, yeah. where they actually took that actor and that character and all the implications of that and decided to spend the entire episode focusing on him and he delivered uh, by all uh, accounts gloriously so I'm not up to it yet either yeah I'm but I have seen this kind of the same headlines I, I try started seeing things on social media and I thought oh god I gotta stay away I know, but, I know. but there's something there I, right. I wouldn't allow myself to get too deep into it but I saw a little little enticements right there something is coming that I definitely need to pay attention to. right when you start hearing you start reading like literally dozens of people consecutively yeah. saying how have broke them down into tears something and yeah okay that's okay. gonna be something to watch I'm gonna have to lock myself away for that one too like, yeah, yeah, yeah apparently it's gonna be different yeah yeah and again you know Zahn you know a tremendous talent a tremendous man mm -hmm. a tremendous man who who basically found started finding something on another level in himself uh, doing Longmire, I think, right. uh, like just like I did. Well, you guys did really turn out to have kind of an all-star cast there and crew. The, the, the show is obviously, like I said before, resonated with fans and will continue to do so. It's clearly the impact of it and the legacy is not going away anytime soon. So we all thank you very much for the show and for the impact and the fun that we've had watching it. And I thank you for being on this show. Oh, my pleasure. Really nice talking to you, brother. Appreciate yeah. it. Thanks for listening. Now, as always, if you like the show, please give it a rating and a review on iTunes. Those things help make the show more visible to new listeners as they're browsing through all the different podcasts out there. You can find us on the web at oldwestpodcast.com and on our Facebook page, Legends of the Old West Podcast. The handles for Twitter and Instagram are at Old West Podcast. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com.
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.